Look, I, I want you to go ice skating with them, and I want someone to take some video <laughs> and share it back with me. Yeah, I don't want that to happen, so. <laughs> Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. Welcome to episode eight of Terminal Exchange. So glad you're here with us and uh, listening along. Hope you've really been enjoying this podcast so far. I really appreciate uh, all the feedback that we've gotten, both positive and negative. Uh, it's, it's really great to hear from you guys and uh, definitely taking uh, heed of the, the suggestions that you're uh, making. So uh, stick with us here and uh, hope you continue to enjoy uh, what we're bringing to you. In this week's feature exchange, I'm talking with none other than... Clark Reed, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think most of you are probably familiar with Clark, uh, at least, you know, the name. You'd see his name at the top of uh, the Platinum Club, 700 Club uh, list uh, every quarter. Uh, many of you have uh, set out to try to challenge that number. Uh, but uh, Clark, he is definitely uh, one of a kind and class act. Uh, person here. Uh, really enjoy getting to talk with Clark. Uh, every time he comes through here, he makes to, makes a point to stop by, say hi, how you doing? Um, and uh, really appreciate Clark and, and what he, he does here with Newsbound. Um, this uh, interview happened quite a while ago, actually, back in early December. I've been really looking forward to finally getting this put out there. So, um, but one of the things that we talked about in there was that 700 club, the platinum club. And, uh, he kind of mentioned it in there. And then I kind of, it kind of stung a little bit because, uh, at that point in time, still fresh for me, uh, getting some, uh, less than thrilled feedback regarding how we were presenting the 700 club and platinum club in, in the newsletter that we had had, uh, removed a bunch of names from there and just gone to top 10. So I just want to let you know that we heard you. I heard you. And I want to apologize and say that I made a mistake in pulling those names out. Uh, but as of January's newsletter, uh, you should have seen that we've put all the names back. Everybody that's in that platinum level has their name in the newsletter. Uh, we did feature the top 10 specifically, but um, made a mistake. I apologize. I hope you forgive me. Don't hate me, please. Um, but uh, hopefully you appreciate that compromise there. But so anyway, just wanted to bring that up that uh, we, we did make a change there. But uh, we got a long episode here coming at you uh, about an hour conversation with Clark. But uh, there's a, we talk a lot of different things, both home life, uh, truck life um, experiences, uh, definitely talk about patience and, and kind of the, the whole practice of perfecting that and, and taking on a patient mindset. So settle in here um, if you need to pause midway do come back catch up with the rest later but um i think there's some really good uh conversation here uh with clark so um settle in and uh, hope you enjoy clark welcome thank you thanks for uh taking time to sit down with me today and uh just talk a bit glad to be here thanks for having me i think a lot of our people know who you are already uh know the name anyway at the yeah. very least um, you are 
some people will call you the poster child of news bomb right now. <laughs> uh, you, you've definitely uh, done some media uh, events and uh, articles, gotten some attention that way. Um, you're one of our training engineers. You've helped us test out uh, different things on new equipment, including solar panels right now and, and some other uh, technology uh, in the trucks. But we want to dig a little bit deeper, a little further, okay, and find out a little bit more about who Clark Reed is. It might be dangerous, but all right. <laughs> so um, let's start. Let's go home for a little bit. Tell me about your family. Uh, oh boy, that's a <laughs> that's a lot. That's a long story. But uh, I've got the the best family at home, and I don't tell them that near enough. But. You know, I've got a kid with special needs. I've got another one that's got some developmental delays. And uh, Joanne's at home taking care of all that. And the, the big part of my success, quote unquote, out here is the fact that she's at home taking care of all of that stuff. And she's working, too. And she has a job. So she's working at the house and she's got a job she goes to. And she takes care of all that. And that really takes all that off my mind, which that enables me to be more successful out here. So I, I couldn't do what I do out here without her doing that. You know, uh, we got an autistic child that's constant care. He's going to be with us his whole life. He'll never be on his own. So she takes all that on and she handles it like a champ. So uh, I can't I can't take any credit for that at all. I, she does all of that. So that's my home life. Uh, I, I don't have much of a home life other than when I'm home, I'm home. And when I'm on the road, I'm on the road. But man support at home I'm, I'm kind of saying this because I know she'll hear this but it's the truth uh, support at home is is key to being successful out here if you've got stuff to worry about at home um, you'll be consumed with that and her and I are complete opposites because she takes all that worry on herself that's just how she's built and I don't worry about anything until it's time to worry about, you know, so it's a good balancing act and she takes all that burden off me. And I'm so thankful for that, that you got to have that. You got to have it. Well, I know a lot of times when you are stopping in the office here and swinging by, you're never hesitant to talk about your family and say something good about uh, the kids or anything like that. You're, you seem to be pretty proud of them. Every one of them. My, uh, my daughter uh, just signed up to join the army in the military police. So she's going in January. She's taking the oath already. So yeah, I, any chance I get to brag on them, I will. I absolutely will. You know, the, the Lord puts things in your hands to deal with that you don't quite understand. So the autistic child is as severely autistic as he is. We we don't know. You know why was Joanne given that burden? But that gave the second oldest son uh, a soft spot for kids and people with special needs. So he's gone into that field to where he's helping take care of that. And he's real good at taking care of his brother. That's opened him up. So, you know, you may not understand why that happened. There's a plan for it. So the Lord gave him that heart for people. That's just how it works. So I'm, I'm proud of him. And the oldest son's out making his life. And, you know, my younger son's coming up and um, still a daddy's boy, kind of. Although teenage years are hitting. So pretty soon that's not going to be cool. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm proud of every one of them. I can't say enough about them, and I don't tell them near enough, but, yeah, I love every one of them. What's uh, some of your favorite things to do with each of them? I don't see the oldest one at all because uh, he's busy doing his stuff, and we've, you know, we've kind of fallen out of communication. Uh, Luke, well, you know, as little as I'm home, and he's got his own gamer thing going on, I don't see him hardly at all. 
Jenna's the same way. She's got her stuff going. Uh, Holden, he's the autistic one. He's busy downstairs watching videos on YouTube and, you know, whatever is going through his mind at the time. Uh, Jack's the only one that I really spend any time with, and he's getting into that gamer thing now, too. <laughs> so uh, we'll go do whatever when we do whatever we do. So it might be going to the mall or whatever, playing board games, whatever, but usually he's pretty focused on. So you're not getting in on the Xbox or PlayStation? Oh, I'm terrible at that stuff. I can't. He's into the fighting games and building, and I'm into the driving games, and uh, he beats my butt at that, too. So, no, I'm not going to embarrass myself that way. No, i gotta, I got to maintain some mystery about daddy, so that's not happening. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, have any of them had a chance to ride along with you? No, uh, I would like them to, and I'm not sure if they're really wanting to. The youngest one, Jack, um, gets motion sickness, so we're worried about the back and forth of the truck really causing him problems. Mm -hmm. And get out to California, and all of a sudden, I can't take it anymore. That'd be a bad thing. So <laughs> that'd be a bad position to be yeah, in. Yeah, not point. good. So maybe, maybe when he, if he outgrows it, maybe later. But yeah, yeah so far, none of them have come out on the road with me. They're all welcome to anytime they want to, but they haven't. Does trucking, is there any background there in the family at all? Or how how'd you manage to get into trucking? Uh, well, yeah, I spent a lot of time in an office doing the other side of this, planning loads and booking trucks. And, you know, I did all that, and I just got tired of it. Um, I've always loved to drive. My grandfather was a truck driver for Roadway for years. Uh, he retired from there. He drove from Akron to Steubenville, Ohio, I think, and back. So it's kind of kind of in my blood. My uncle drove truck, too. He had a farm. He drove truck. So um, it's kind of in my blood. And I started driving in 2005 and kicked myself continually because I didn't start driving sooner because it's really, uh, I think you guys can tell I'm pretty passionate about it. I love driving truck. Mm -hmm. So it's a good fit. I should have jumped in earlier. So you've had the experience in the office mm -hmm. and now obviously in the truck. Contrast that. Uh, stress level. It, the, the, there was way more stress in the office um, than there is driving truck. Now, driving truck's stressful, and maybe it's just the way I'm built to deal with that differently than the office stress, but uh, the office stress was always go, 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 go. Uh, you got to deal with this. You got to put out this fire. You got to take this one over and put that one out, too. And, oh, by the way, another one started out behind you while you were putting those two out. Uh, and then I don't see that so much here, but the politics of, and I don't mean politics, but just uh, these guys over here want you to do it this way, but these guys say doing it that way, and the third way is actually the way to get it. Just, it got to be a uh, hassle. And <laughs> to be honest with you, looking at the same wall all day got to be pretty hard, too. And I had uh, the last place I worked, I had a 90-minute commute one way, 90-minute back. So I got trucking, really, so I'd be home more. Uh, because I was going to come local, and we see how that played out. That didn't work out at all, but <laughs> um, that was a major. Getting along with the people and all, that's never been a problem, but, um, and that, like I said, I don't know how it is here. It doesn't seem to be that way, but this, the the atmosphere in an office, it was stressful, and keeping everybody happy, that that's really tough. Mm -hmm. Driving's not that way. You keep the customers happy. You get there safely. You manage your space and your time and control what you can control and the rest of it's out of your hands so it's just it's easier for me to deal with that it's mentally stressful but as far as all the infighting and all that i don't i don't get involved with that too much with the drivers i want to talk about legacy a little bit i've uh, heard here that uh 
maybe got a is it mom or grandma that didn't really like having her picture taken? Yeah, it's my mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and that that's maybe impacted you know your kind of outlook at yeah, this point even. Absolutely, uh, I've never been shy about talking in front of people. Um, But any chance I get to get my face in front of a camera or get my voice on audio, I'm going to do it. Not for the chest puff, although I I do have a little problem with that sometimes. And I know that, but I want my son and my kids to realize who I was and know what I was about. Uh, We look back on a whole segment of my mom's life and there's no recording of it other than our memories. So she got better in the last years of her life. She realized, hey, there's, there's not a lot, and my kids are going to want something. But I don't want my kids to look back and go, hey, what was my dad doing? What's going on there? Or we forgot about this. You know, I want them to have a visual memory. You know, these interviews I've done for magazines, whatever, I, I keep a copy of it so they can see it. And, yeah, does it make me proud? Yeah. But I hope it makes them proud, too, and that's why I do it. I don't know. I'll drive truck, whatever. I'll talk to whoever. As long as my kids can see that and they're proud and they can say, that's my dad, I'm cool. I'll do whatever it takes to put that out there. Is there something that you hope that as they look back at all of that, that there's something that stands out for them? Is there something that you really want them to be able to take with them? Uh, just, that, just that I wasn't just a truck driver. You know, I, a lot of, I, I heard that conversation a while back, somebody said, what do you do? I'm just a truck driver. Uh, in fact, my pastor talked about that Sunday. Um, I'm not just a truck driver. I'm a truck driver. I move freight, and I'm proud of it. So I want them to know I'm not ashamed that I'm a truck driver. I keep this economy rolling, me and three million other guys. So I want them to know it's not just a truck driving job. It's key, and it's important, and I'm proud to do it, and I excelled at it. I did the best that I could. That's what I want them to remember. And I want them to do that with whatever they choose for their life. So am I being a good example for them? I don't know. I hope so. But that's what I want them to carry. I don't care if they remember Run On Less or they remember the Wall Street. I don't remember. I don't care what they remember other than Daddy loved his job and he was proud of it and he was good at it. That's it. You've definitely got a passion for what it is you're doing. And I don't see ever anything less than 100% that you're putting out there. And I think that's, that, that's a good message to, yeah. uh, to share, that regardless of where you find yourself, you, you do it to the best of your ability, and, and then some. Right. Do what the best you can do every time you can do it. And uh, sometimes that's not enough. But if you can say you did your best, then there's no regret. So... Can I get a 10 on my habit score every week, you know, getting to the the job? No, but I'm going to try, and I do a pretty decent job at it. But if I roll out a 9.8 or a 9.0, I'm not going to be upset and go, I I did my best, and that's it. That's what that score means to me at the end of every month. I, I did my best. Is it more money for me? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I did my best, and that's all that indicates to me. Having... Kids teaches you a little bit about patience, <laughs> at least in my experience. Yes. Um, still learning, uh, very much so. I have, my oldest is six, and we've got four. And my heart um, goes to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I had a, uh, a, a teacher once that told me uh, <laughs> she stopped praying for patience because uh, she found out that God would 
Oh, uh, <laughs> test her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give it to you. Give you opportunities to use patience. Yeah, he'll teach uh, it to you. But boy, uh, if there's any <laughs> anything that you can experience in life uh, to teach you patience, I think having kids is is one of those. But, Absolutely. And that um, that has to carry out, carry on into your job. Yeah. You know, learning learning patience, and you know, you, you deal with. Um, Situations constantly on the road where you, you call them the four wheelers, right? And yeah. uh, <laughs> patience every day, about every, you know, if not every other minute. Sure. You, you got to practice that, right? Yeah. Some of the 18 wheelers, too. <laughs> it's amazing. But Which is probably more frustrating than the four wheelers, even. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. What does it mean to you to um, carry a good attitude? And uh, remain patient on the road, and and keep a, a kind of a cool head. Well, it's uh, one. It's tough to do sometimes, and I fail every day at, at remaining patient and cool. Um, but it's a means to an end, so it gets me home. It, it keeps my blood pressure down, <laughs> but it it gets me home. Everything I do is to earn money so I can go home and enjoy a little bit of family time. And um, so it does trans- transfer over. The, the other side of that is, though, I'm not very patient at home, and I fail at that. I'm so used to being in that truck where you're pretty much by yourself, except when I'm training. You're by yourself. It's quiet. Then you go home to all this mayhem. Of course, and as the kids get older, that dies down. But you go to all this mayhem, and I have a hard time getting used to that, to, to changing over to, well, this is how it is. I'm, I'm kind of in the way when I'm home, you know. They've got their lives and their thing going on, and now I'm coming in and saying, hey, quiet. They don't want to hear that, you know. So I have to, I have to try and exert, exert patience at home, and I'm, I fail at that miserably. I'm, I can control it on the road. Uh, but that's key to being safe, too, is being willing to slow down a little bit, being willing to back off a little bit, and, and uh, being safe is key to getting me back home. You know, so it kind of follows itself. You be safe, you'll get home. Get home, be patient. That carries over into the car or the truck. And so it's something you have to practice, just like attitude. I could be ticked off at the world. The other day, I ended up sitting for 12 hours waiting for a load that was supposed to be ready at noon. We got there at 7. It wasn't ready till 7. You know, I could get twisted and bent all out of shape and, and do all that. Or I can say, well... I still got a load home, and maybe that kept me out of an accident that I might have been involved in or wrapped up in, you know? Who knows? It happened for a reason. I could not control it. I passed it over to the people that could. Nothing happened. I'm not going to get too bent out of shape about it. Yeah, I was frustrated, but it is what it is. So you can choose to be patient, or you can choose to not be patient. My, my problem comes in when to choose. You know, there's a time when patience has to end and you have to take action. And uh, there was no action to take on that situation. And at home, I, I need to choose to be patient a little more than I am. And it's hard to do that. So uh, I wish I could transfer my patience in the truck to my patience at home. Uh, and I try that, but I fail. I fail at that. And I fail in the truck sometimes. I'll be, what are you doing, you crazy four-wheeler? And... That didn't really change anything, did it? But I still do it, you know, yeah. so you got to work at it. So it's interesting to me to, to hear you talk about the contrast of 
what it feels like to be in the truck and in the environment and, you know, being alone and then going to the, we'll call it chaos of, you know, and, 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 and busyness of even being at home and, you know, sometimes being home may not even be all that restful right. um, at points, but being on the road as much as you are and then coming home for what, a couple few days at a time, mm-hmm. um, do you feel any sort of disconnect there because of just that, that difference in your regular routine uh, that your family deals with at home and then what you have on the road and when you come together that do you find it to be a struggle to kind of reconnect there? Yeah, I do. Well, I don't talk to them on the road hardly at all. Uh, I'm busy. They're busy. I don't like talking on the phone anyways. My son used to like it. He doesn't like it anymore. (laughs) But um, so I don't talk to them much. When I'm on the road, you know, some few Facebook posts, and that's probably that's probably a failing on my part. But um, like I said earlier, when I do get home, they've got their routine, they're doing their thing, and I'm just kind of inserted into their lives. And now I got to adjust to what they've got going on, and that's that's really hard for me to do sometimes. Um, I'm used to getting up early; they all sleep in a little bit, so I got to get up and be quiet and. Uh, but then I'm tired by the end of the day and they're still, let's go. So yeah, there is some adjustment and it's, it's tough. I'm sure every driver has got a little bit of adjustment when they're home. And I, and I feel like, um, at some points I'm in the way. Uh, so they got their things they do when daddy's not there. So I can't ice skate. They like to ice skate. So guess what doesn't happen when I'm home? You know, you guys can go. I'll sit here and watch whatever. Look, I, I want you to go ice skating with them, and I want someone to take some video <laughs> and share it back with me. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. So <laughs> it might be a little embarrassment going on there. But, uh, yeah, that's not a good idea at all. Let's not do that. So, uh Okay, fine. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to have to make sure their phones are off if we ever do go now. Yeah, but, um, yeah so I, I kind of insert myself into their situation, and um, I'm sure they're glad when I uninsert myself and go, okay, i got to go to work now. And I miss them, and I'm, I think they miss me. But at the same time, uh, their routine is back. And, you know, Joanne had to take Josh to the hospital years ago. He had cancer, had to get a, a, a surgery done to have the mass removed once it was all done. And um, so I was home for a week or whatever it was, and she had to actually have a board up on the wall tell me what their routine was in the morning to get them ready for school. Oh, and yeah. she actually put times on it because I would have screwed that all up. So they got their routine, and I have no idea sometimes what's going on. Because I'm not in that loop. Is part of that routine uh, partially to having an autistic uh, child in there, or is that just part of the... Yeah, because that does change things. Um, she can't just jump in the car and go somewhere. we got to make sure he's got someone there with him. He can't handle... They went to Chicago for the tree lighting and go ice skating out there. Um, Holden can't do that. It's a crowd. It's going to drive him nuts. He's, he's the one that's really got to have a routine. Because of the autism, so he's got to have this, 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 this. So to take him out of that routine would kind of mess with him too. So we've got someone that comes in and helps take care of him at times, and um, so they've got that routine going on. And then to insert a seventh person into that or whatever, where oh, well, this guy wants to go to the store, he wants to go to church this morning or whatever, that really, really muddles things up for them. I think a little bit, mm-hmm. and they handle it like a champ. Mm-hmm. 
but it makes me feel kind of guilty a little bit, I guess, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm sure you're not alone in that. Um, you know, that's that's interesting to to kind of think about it in that way that they've just they've, they've got their lives that they're doing. Yeah. You're out here helping support as much as you can and do, do your job. Um, you get limited time with them. And that's probably tough on both ends. You, I'm sure you'd still enjoy more time with them yeah. than what you get. Um, it's kind of cyclical, too. You can see it when I get home. Oh, daddy's home, daddy's home. First or second day in. Hey, when are you leaving? When are you going back to work? <laughs> <laughs> the excitement wears off, huh? That's right, real quick. <laughs> are, are you able to connect with Holden? Uh, uh, no, he knows who I am, and he's got a big thing about heroes and villains because he watches a lot of superhero movies like a lot of them do. But So you can say hero or villain, and he'll choose. But depending on his mood or his attitude towards you, uh, he might call me a villain one day and a hero the next. But when I get home, I always give him a fist bump or a, hand, a high five, and he'll give that back. But he doesn't really have any comprehension. Every once in a while, you'll get out of him a high dad. Uh, but I have to say hi to him first, so he doesn't initiate usually. And yeah, there's there's not much connecting with him just because of what he's got. He's severely autistic, so he knows who I am, I think, and uh, I'm sure he does. He's used to seeing me, anyways. Oh, I recognize that face, but yeah, there's not there's not much connecting that can be done there. I don't know if I try, but this like like with his mom, it's limited. He knows who mom is, and you know. You don't hear him say, I love you, or I miss you, unless you initiate that and say, I love you first. He'll repeat it back. So I, I know that's harder on Joanne than it is on me. Um, but, yeah, there's there's not much connection there, and that does kind of – he's going to be with us forever. So as we get older, we, you know, what do we do with him? Where does he go? You know, is his brother going to take care of him? You know, those things you worry about. And uh, Like I said earlier, Joanne's all, all over on that. She takes all that worry, and I'm thankful it takes it off me. I really am. So, yeah, not much connection there. I just took a rabbit trail. Sorry. No, no. I, <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, and I, I don't want to try to, you know, make you feel bad or yeah, anything. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, how do you kind of reconcile that in your mind? And partly I'm thinking of this for, for anybody else that's in a similar situation. You know, how, how do you come to kind of terms with what that situation looks like and that, yeah, we're, it's, it's just realistically, it's not going to happen that the two of us are going to really have a strong bond and connection there. Uh, well, I just think you accept it. You know, my, my family's dynamics are a little different, so they're all my kids, but the only one that's physically mine is Jack. Okay. okay? So there's already, I love them all, but there's already a little disconnect there because there's not that, family bond and I haven't known Holden since he was born so I guess that makes it easier for me to handle the disconnect that's there besides knowing that he doesn't have that connection with anybody uh, maybe his siblings a little bit uh, and his mom a little bit more than me but not the strong bond like I would have with my brother or sisters or that the other kids have so I, I guess that's maybe the the practical side of me goes well that's he's not going to have that with anybody do I wish it was more? Yeah, I wish I was closer with all my kids. Um, but knowing that he's got this problem, issue, whatever you want to call it, makes it a little easier to deal with it. It's still, it's still not ideal, but mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's how I justify it. Oh. 
Have you come across anybody else? I, I know we've got drivers in our fleet that have special needs mm-hmm. at home. Do you come in contact with other guys that are have similar situations? I have here a couple of drivers. You know, we'll talk up in the lounge, and they, they've got similar similar stories. But there's those, the spectrum is so wide for autism. Right. You know, they, they've all it's got huge. a little di- right. They've all got a little different story, a little different situation. Yeah. But it's all it's frustrating to all of them. Yeah, I mean, still that you you've still got the same dynamic of being away yep. and and not always being there for them, and you know, and, and that that takes it to another level, I think, sure. to have yeah. a special needs child versus you know your family. It's it's all tough, um, regardless. And um, you know, I have the greatest respect for all of you drivers uh, that are that have dedicated to being out on the road to you know support your family, but really keep this country moving and right. and, and and working. Um, you know, that's, you know, right up there is one of the most important, probably, jobs that happens in this country. Right. Um, I agree. But, uh, you know, the, but still, you, you've made that decision and, you know, it's tough to, to be away and, and not with with your family right there. But. Yeah, I think part of me goes dead inside a little bit, so I don't miss them quite as much. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you mean like you're kind of turning something off a little bit, maybe? Yeah, or? I think maybe a little bit. I've never been a really emotional guy, anyways. Okay. Um, so I think part of me just kind of forces a disconnect there, and I don't think that's actually a good thing. But uh, it's the truth. I'm not going to lie about that. I, I'm not as close with anybody as I should be, or as I could be, even because I'm gone. But maybe, maybe I force that disconnect so I don't feel as bad. It's not that I don't care, but. I, Part of it's to, I need to drive this 80,000-pound rig down the road safely. If I'm worrying about other stuff, I'm not focused on that. So I think I force a disconnect, maybe, and that, you know, personal relationships probably suffer for that a little bit. But I, I think I know you well enough that if something did go south at home, if something were going on with Jack, you would be... In there a, in a heartbeat, right? Right. We've had, we've had some issues with Jack. You know that. You know, some health issues and stuff. Uh, and, and, and again, that's where I owe Joanne so much because she's there taking care of that. She takes the burden off me, um, and I, I can't say enough about her for that. But the 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 thing is, if if something was, if she called and said, you, "We got this issue, and you need to be home," I'd come off the road in a heartbeat. I'd go back into the dreaded office and <laughs> and deal with that drama to help take care of that. I mean, that's they're the most important to me. So. Yeah, I would never choose driving over them, but thankfully the Lord Lord's given me someone that takes care of that, and He's given us pretty good life. Well, I think you know, just thinking of the fact that you do have Joanne there, you know, there's a saying, you know, behind every great man is an even greater woman. Yeah, uh, that's exactly it. Well, I'll brag on her too. She's a Marine, so well, so we know who runs that house. I'm under no idea that I run it at all. She's got control of that house, and we all know it. So you, you show up. You are yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She says J, and I'm already in the air. So I'll I'll figure out how high once she finishes. But yeah, and and you know we butt heads. Of course, she's strong-willed, and I'm strong-willed. Yeah. But uh, I couldn't be out here being successful uh, without her being home, taking the brunt of the crap that goes on at home so thanks joanne really shout out to joanne shout out to joanne yeah yeah totally let's talk a little bit about um 
your experience in going into kind of run on less last year. Um, for those that don't know, uh, run on less was a uh, road show put on by NACFI, um, in carbon war room. Uh, they, uh, basically were doing a sort of a test experiment to show off what current technology, uh, in trucking is capable of when it comes to fuel efficiency here at Newsbomb. We're going to advocate highly, in addition to the technology, a well-trained, skilled driver that has strong habits. I think you're a pretty good definition of of that right there, Clark. Um, But tell me a little bit about, you know, one, what's it take to have those habits, put those in place, but then be able to go show those off a little bit and, and become an advocate for you know, your, your habits and, and fuel efficiency in general in the industry. What does it take? Uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, patience. Um, you got to be patient with traffic. You got to be patient on the pedal. You got to be patient when you want to run 65 and you don't really need to. You know, as truck drivers, we've always taught you got to get miles to get money. You know, that's the basic pay plan with trucking so being patient in that being willing to slow down a little bit seems counterintuitive to what we've always been taught to do so um, patience is I think the most important thing to that the other part of that and what I struggle with is uh, being willing to admit that you don't have it all figured out Uh, I look at my numbers and I think I got it figured out and then somebody will do better I don't have it figured out. So what are they doing? So um, somebody told me a long time ago that to be successful, you need to follow successful people. And if you follow the negative people, you're not going to be successful. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna end up being the people you hang around with, the people you talk to. That's age old. Yeah, I think that something to the effect of um, you are the average of the, your 10 closest people or something like that yeah. around you. Yeah, that sounds about right. So... Um, you have to be willing to talk to the people that are successful at this, and I do. Uh, I'm, I'm in a couple of groups on Facebook that are people that push that fuel economy. Um, they don't talk about habits as much as I wish they would, but they do, you know, technology, they're pushing that. So being willing to understand that I don't have it all figured out, there's another way to do this better, will that work in my application? You know, being willing to admit that and then try that and try to exalt that's key to it. What, what, has fuel efficiency always been your thing? Nope. Nope. Uh, the company I was here before, or I was at before here, um, they didn't care about fuel economy. Um, maybe in the back office, they grumble about it a little bit, but w- they never incentivized it. Um, so governed at 63, you were on that pedal all the time just to get where you had to go. They paid short miles, so you're running some miles for free. You know, they didn't care. So I didn't care. Coming to Newsbomb has a whole different, you know, a whole different atmosphere. So when I start here, the majority of the scorecard was fuel mileage. So that's where I started playing around the edges. So it hasn't been all that long, four years. Mm-hmm. Um where I've really been, I don't want to say consumed, but trying to get that number up. 
But then Newsbump switched away from just straight MPG going to the habits that create straight MPG. So now it's become a challenge. One, I want to earn as much here as I can. That's a big part of it. But the other part is now I can see the correlation between those habits and my fuel economy. And being in that run on less, talking to those guys that are successful at the MPG too, um, they've all got similar habits. They're light on the pedal. They're willing to slow it down. They, they, they don't keep the pedal to the floor going up. You know, those little things um, add up. So that's, that's how I got involved with that. I just wanted to up my game and, and make more money. So, no, I didn't care about it before. When you incentivize good fuel economy or good habits, that's the way to get it. For any other companies that might be listening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen up out there. Uh, and I don't want to turn this into a lecture on right. you know, getting, uh, you know, right. playing the scorecard and everything. But, I mean, I, you're a perfect example of you're, you're not hurting for money with running 60 you know, and and using the scorecard to your advantage to to maximize your points and take home pay. Right. Yeah. Sometimes less is more. How many times have we heard that? And it's it's the truth. Uh, you know, I don't you know I don't want to focus on that too much either. But um, I'm compensated well, and I run sixty. And there's times where you can't run sixty. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to figure out when you can back it off and slow it down. That's the way to maximize that score. Run fast when you have to. Slow it down when you don't. It's pretty simple. So the guy that's running fast all the time, I'm going to make a little bit more on the same run that he's going to make. That's all. Less is more. But, like I tell everybody, as long as you're not hitting anything or killing anybody, I don't care how you drive that truck. Be safe. Don't hit anything. Kill anybody. That's it. Get there. That's it. That's, that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Since that's our job. I don't, don't want to minimize what you just said. Uh, but Let that sink in for a minute, people. <laughs> it, it seems, you know, almost too <laughs> foolish to say that. Yeah. I mean, it really is that simple. And, and, and I think with our program, with the scorecard and everything, I mean, it's really teaching safe driving habits that should help you accomplish that at the end of the day. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny seeing how when I started here, the, the 700 Club at the time was a big deal. And there were like 10 or 12 of us in here when I started. Now we've got almost 100? Uh, actually, I think we hit 120 last month. Right. Well, awesome. Along with that, and besides with the new equipment too, but along with that, I'll about guarantee our MPG average has come up for the company. Last I knew we were at 9.3. It's probably higher than that now. So... Like I said, there's a correlation between habits and fuel economy. So I you know I could I could talk about that scorecard all day. I won't sure. do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, just a side note with that, I know I was uh, talking with Jeremy uh, yesterday or the day before, and you know, mentioning you know looking at some numbers, and we'll uh, hope to share some more data here at some point. But uh, looking at the numbers of the guys that. Um, I shouldn't say numbers, but the guys that are in that 700 club in the platinum level uh, versus uh, below that and, you know, number of incidents, accidents and, and everything there. Some of that we're going to look at and, and try to look at some correlations there um, and what that looks like. Um, you know, we already know that um, retention is better. I think, you know, guys feel a little bit more accomplished uh, being you know, in that platinum level or upper gold at the yeah. very least. 
um, and working their way there. So I, I think there's some, some correlation there with your attitude uh, as far as how you perceive you know, what's going on around you. Yeah. Um, less of a negative attitude. Um, I mean, would you agree with some of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's easy to be aggressive when you're driving. It's, it's easy to do that. It's less easy to not be aggressive, to back off. Um, you don't have to make big changes in your driving habits to have a pretty substantial change in your score. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're used to running 65 and uh, you can't drive 60, we got some guys drive 58. That would drive me nuts. <laughs> and I drive 60 all the time. That two mile an hour would drive me nuts. But so I, so I get that. Um, but if you can just step it down a little bit and watch that score come up, you know, I, we've said it repeatedly. There's a correlation between that. It absolutely is. And the guys that are up there, at least the ones I've talked to, the guys that are up there are more willing to, oh, I can just do this and get another, you know, 10 points. I can get up a little bit higher. And to me and the, the guys that are up there that I talk to anyways, it's, it becomes a, a challenge. So I got two guys trying to knock me off the pedestal. Good. Good. <laughs> Bring it on, right? Bring it. I, it's not a competition for me. Uh, one of them's one of my students. Good. Right. Good. I, that means I did my job right, right? So do I want to stay number one? Heck yeah. But it's not because it's number one. It just means I'm doing my job well. If they can pass me, it just means they're doing their job well. Now I got another goal to meet. So... Yeah, I, I don't know how we got off on that rabbit foot. I don't even know if that's what you asked me now, but... <laughs> you know, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, I just... Uh, <laughs> well, you, you, know, you, you know, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, being a training engineer, and you mentioned, you know, one of your students is actually up there challenging you, so to speak, for top spot on the scorecard. What's that mean to you to, to be a training engineer and, you know, helping develop uh, these guys that are just entering into the over the road trucking industry? Yeah. Well, let me, let me say first, Mike actually knocked me out in the first place. <laughs> there, he, he knocked me out. So that, that makes me proud. And that's why I do the training. My, my training engineer with the company I trained with was very instrumental in uh, instilling some things in me that I carry over still today. Um, paying attention to detail, paying attention to the road signs, uh, being ready for anything. Um, and the way he got those across to me uh, really stuck out in me. And I want to be able to pass what knowledge I may have on to somebody else. And hopefully they'll become a, a good driver, a safe driver. They'll get home when they're supposed to get home. You know, um, that's why I do it. I, I don't do it for the money. In fact, I, you know, I, I, I've joked around that uh, sometimes it's a cut and pay. Because, you know, you got to take extra time and do this with them and, you, you know, you're getting the shorter runs or whatever. Sometimes it's a little bit of cut and pay other than just driving. But if I can get them to excel like Mike did, and I, there's a bunch of them I've had in my truck that are up in the Platinum Club. And it's not just me. They had another trainer, too, so I'm right, not trying to take right. credit for them. They're putting in the work. But the fact that they are excelling at that uh, just shows me that I did my job well. And that's a, that's a benefit to them. It's a benefit to News Bomb, and I'm an owner now. So, heck, that's a benefit to me, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you're, you're dealing with more or less rookies as, as a trainer. Um, can you recall any of your own rookie moments? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you want me to share them? Is that what you're asking Absolutely. for? Absolutely. Look, Clark, you're on a pedestal here. And, no, don't uh, do that. I think some people would like to knock that down just a little bit, you know, to make sure you know they realize that Clark's not Chuck Norris. And, and <laughs> I don't want to. I know that's been going around here. Wanna, I don't want to wipe that away, but yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you know, so, just down a notch. <laughs> Drive it now. Their training program is a little different than ours, so uh, but some rookie mistakes, uh, not knowing where I'm going. In fact, I you know, I really stress that no, no, before you take off where you're going. So, I just was telling uh, the guy with me this week that uh, it wasn't with a trainer or training engineer, but it was one of the few weeks, uh, few weeks out on my own. In fact, the first two days on my own, hey, I, I'm a truck driver now. I know what I'm doing. I spent a day and a half looking for an empty trailer. I was getting lost. I was going to the wrong places. I just, I was full of myself. So, unfortunately, they were very patient with me. Um, so, that's one other thing. I just got, you get full of yourself and think you got it made. And you just, I didn't, I didn't follow their directions that they sent me. I just, oh, I know where that's at. No, you don't. <laughs> I learned real quick. And my truck broke down that first day, so I ended up stuck in a grocery store parking lot for a day waiting for, you know, someone to come nice. fix it. Yes. So, um, but man, coming up on a low overpass because I didn't read the sign and realizing too late, uh-oh, and having to jam on the brakes to stop, you know, that's all from not paying attention. Uh, so you didn't, you didn't actually take the top off? No, 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 but it was pretty close. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I don't want to say it wasn't my fault, but it was. Um, it was actually an arch, so the clearance in the center was high enough, but on the edges, if you stayed in your lane, was not. Right. And uh, I didn't pay attention to the signs. I'm just cruising along, and then I'm like, oh, that's not going to clear. Jam on the brakes, and I didn't hit it. Um, getting tired and having the training engineer go, hey, uh, you need to pull over before you kill us. You know, I've done that. Um I got a speeding ticket in a school zone. Mm-hmm. You know, that was uh, $300 that I didn't really have at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can trace everything that I did wrong, and there's been a lot of them, um, to not paying attention. And fortunately, the only thing that cost me money was that speeding ticket. It could have been a lot worse. And that was, uh, that was probably four or five years into my driving career. Have not had one since. And... Uh, because I pay attention to those speed limit signs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've made plenty of mistakes. And uh, I, I tend to forget them once I learn my lesson from them. Because I, I don't want to <laughs> don't want to bring them back up. So yeah. thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Gotta yeah. keep it real here. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've got caught, you know, and uh, in some bad situations that I put myself into. Yeah. Um, not knowing the weight of the load I was hauling going across Wyoming. And I look in the uh, passenger side mirror and all I can see is the side of my truck. Because the wind was blowing me sideways. Well, the the paperwork said one thing. I didn't bother to check if it was right or wrong. I just took off. I was legal. So, hey, well, it said there was 26,000 pounds. I didn't pay enough attention to the truck. There was 12,000. So high wind warnings. I should have been off those roads, and I was not. Mm -hmm. So, again, not paying attention led to that. So, yeah, uh, thanks for knocking me down. (laughs) But I'm glad. I don't want people to think that. You know, I I don't. I'm not a perfect driver. I try to be, but I'm not. I'm probably crooked out there right now. So, <laughs> we'll go out and check out. Yeah, t- take a snapshot. <laughs> so we'll we'll post the picture along with the podcast yeah. here. 
On the other end of that, though, I'll recall, help you recall a situation here that uh, you've shared um, where paying attention and experience helped you out a bit. You had a situation going across a bridge. Oh, yeah. You want to share that story? Yeah. Uh, not really, but I do because it's a good learning experience. Um, I was going up 151 in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. I had uh, 38,000 pounds of feminine hygiene products on, and uh, I hadn't been driving long that day. I, I stayed here in Monarch, exit 28, okay. off at 39, uh, spent the night there, drove up to uh, Roscoe, had lunch with the family, because I didn't have to be up to Green Bay until later, and I was going to take a 34-hour reset up there. That's the way the load played out. It had to deliver. I had to take it up there. So I stopped there for an hour or so, had lunch. And went on my way. And I got up into Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, and I'm on top of an overpass. And my steering broke. So the Pittman arm came off the steering box, um, which essentially disconnected the steering wheel from the steering. And I'm doing 63 mile an hour. So the wind was blowing me. And that's how I noticed, because I went to correct for the wind gust and nothing happened. Um, the wind blew me into the uh, Jersey Bear on the side of the bridge twice, and then I went down the embankment and came back up onto the entrance ramp that came up to the highway I just drove off of. Um, the ground was soft. The truck stayed upright. Um, I actually picked my foot up to step on the brake, and something said, don't step on it. And looking back on that, I realized if I had stepped on the brake, it could have made those wheels go any which way. So I, I knew at the time that I was going to go down. Who knows what would have happened if I'd have stepped on that brake. It could have thrown me across the median and into oncoming traffic. So did I think about that at the time? I like to think I did, but part of me goes, no, you didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> you know what? Lord kept your foot from stepping down on that. So whatever you believe in, I, I didn't step on the brake. I, I stayed alive. The truck stayed upright. The truck was totaled. It bent the frame up pretty good, but... Um, it's amazing. I told in that little thing I wrote, it's amazing what you go through, what goes through your mind. I was new to driving. I was only three months in. <laughs> and uh, I had just bought a TV-DVD combo, and money was tight. Money was really tight back then. And um, I heard that thing come out of its shelf and hit the floor. I heard it. I remember that sound right to this day. I'll never forget that because I'm like, <gasps> oh, no. It's my only entertainment in the, in the truck, and it's 130 bucks. I can't afford a new one. So... As soon as things got done moving around inside that truck, and there was a lot of stuff moving around inside that truck, um, I jumped in the back and plugged that thing back in and hooked up the antenna again to make sure it still worked. And believe it, I did. <laughs> it did still work. But um, so I can't. I can't say I had anything to do with it other than I didn't step on the brake. And was that me thinking that's going to happen, or the Lord going, "Don't do it"? I don't mm -hmm. know. But I didn't do it. And that and that that all probably happened in what what period of time? I mean, how long? I'm going over a I'm going over a two lane road on that overpass. So the time it happened as soon as I hit that bridge is when I realized it was broke. So who knows how long I was going down a road with it broke? You know, because of ruts in the road. Yeah. Who knows? But um, from the time I hit that overpass to the time I got over is how long that whole story took. And going down that eighty foot embankment didn't take any time at all. That was a quick trip. Yeah. <laughs> it was quick and loud. Change of pants after that? Yeah, yeah, I did. 
<laughs> Thank goodness we had what we had in the truck, but um, maybe that's why they totaled it. I don't know. <laughs> but the trailer came down at such an angle, it actually bent the frame of the truck. So to look at it, you'd never know anything had happened. And, you know, I'm sure a newsbound would do this way, and I'm going to say some good words about an evil carrier, Schneider. Um, I know they're big, so they're evil. But <laughs> to their credit, um, they... They didn't ask about the truck for probably 30 minutes after I called them. Nice. They stayed on the phone with me, calming me down, making sure I was okay. No one else was hurt. They didn't ask about that truck or that load at all until they knew I was okay. There's a lot of carriers out there who wouldn't do that. So they've got my they've got my gratitude forever. So props to Schneider on that. Right, right. And they put me right. They put me in a truck. I I got towed up to Green Bay. Um, they put me up for the weekend, of course, because I don't have a truck now. Uh, put me up for the weekend. They got me right in our truck because just like falling off a horse, if you don't get back on, you may never get on one. So they realized that and they got me back in the truck right away. So I've, you know, I was worried about orphaning my kid. He wasn't even born yet. Jack wasn't even born yet. So I'm worried about that. But then I'm thankful that, you know, they calmed me down enough to realize, hey, you're still alive. Mm-hmm. Don't make a stupid decision. So. I assume that's the cl- that's the closest call you've had. Yes, yes, yes. That's the only accident I've had uh, in a truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's even you know, that wasn't my fault. I didn't get written up. I didn't have to go for drug test after. Although they did try and say it was my fault. They said I fell asleep. No. Oh. Um, the only thing that saved me was the bridge inspector. When they went up to look at the bridge, my wheel was turned in such a way that the tread actually hit the side of the bridge. Hmm. So the, the officer said, that he, was, he told me he was going to ride me up for falling asleep. And he came back down and said, well, I apologize. We're not going to. Because if you had fallen asleep and hit that bridge, you only would have hit it once. Mm-hmm. You would have woke up and jerked that wheel. He said, you didn't. It, it, the tread hit that side of that bridge twice, and then you came over. So, And I was like, I showed you the broken part right there. <laughs> But he didn't want to listen to you. Yeah, he said, that doesn't always mean anything to them. <laughs> right. He said that because I did show it to him. It was laying right there. Yeah. I said, you can see. He says, no, that probably happened in the wreck. No, that's what caused the wreck. But, you know, I get it. You but, know, yeah. Yeah. He was good about it after that, though, so. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share before I uh, wrap this up? Well, I guess, you know, you know me. Well, I, I mean, we could be here for a few days, I'm sure, but. I need direction. <laughs> Phil, I need direction. Um, no, just, uh, it's hard to do, but buy, buy into that scorecard. Really, I mean, it doesn't take much to really make some big improvements on that. And you don't have to be up there at the 800s, you know, where me and some other guys are at. You don't have to, just do your best. Be safe, be willing to slow down. Um, be patient. Be patient with your family when you get home. It's, thanks for that conversation today. Uh, but... Be patient. Be kind. Choose to be happy. And yeah. I have a hard time with that, too. I, I get angry sometimes. But um, choose to be happy. Choose to control what you can control and try and let that other stuff go. It's easy to get wrapped up in all that and then just seethe in it. And then other people just kind of feed into that. And Try and let that stuff go. I, you know, that's it. Just try and do the best you can do and be happy. That's all. And if you have any questions, call me. I'm just kidding. I get enough of those already. Clark's number is 555. 555, just kidding. So, no, but I'm serious about that, kind of. Well, I mean, you you stay in pretty consistent contact with several drivers, especially those that you've uh, helped train. 
uh, you've, you've made yourself available to them. And I know I've, I've, I keep talking to countless drivers and say, oh, yeah, I called Clark on this and, got, you know, ask Clark what he thought about that and everything. So thank you for, for being a resource to our drivers. Um, it's great to have guys like you that, uh, that make themselves available that way. Yeah, so anybody's got questions, don't just call me. Find the guys that are, seek the people out that are succeeding mm -hmm. and um, pick their brains. That's what I do. And uh, that's it. Well, who, who are you calling? Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I talked to these guys that were in Ronald. That's not a lot. It's mostly just Facebook stuff. But get into groups that uh, have the interest you have. So I'm in a one called the 9MPG Club. Um, so they usually talk specs and stuff. But every once in a while, they'll get into to the habits. Find those guys that have the same desire as you do to exceed at it. Uh, Facebook's a great source for doing stuff like that. Uh, that scorecard comes out. And you guys post, you know, who the, of course, I've noticed that you've had to shorten up who's in that list because how many we got in it. Clark, you're, you're opening up a sore subject for some uh, people here. Well, um, hey, you okay, know, now I, payback. I, that's okay. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll take an opportunity here. You know, yeah. And we have shortened that. Um, we have started doing decals on the trucks. Um, we're getting a lot of content in the newsletter. And, and so there's been a couple of reasons that have got into shortening that up. Um, but uh, one that list, it, it, to, to, the, to the Platinum Club's credit and, and the system's credit, we've got a lot of guys in that territory. Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, here in, I want to say at the end of October, I think our number was 120 drivers. That's awesome. In, in, at 700 points or higher. Yeah. That's essentially a third of our fleet. Yeah. I mean, just shy of. And, and that's awesome. And we've got a bunch of drivers that are knocking on that door, too. Right. Um, so, you know, I you know, challenge any of them to, you know, keep doing, putting in the work, and it, they'll get there. Um, but, yeah, the list just, it, it started getting pretty long and big. And I've gotten some some feedback, some honest feedback sure. oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> on that. And, uh, you know, I... I'm not sure what the right answer is yet. We want to make sure. Here's the thing. We want to make sure everybody does get their, rec their due recognition. Right, right. right. And uh, it is an accomplishment. Um, you know, I like to say, and I think, you know, HR, safety, and them will like to say that it's very achievable to do 700, um, but it does have to be done intentionally. Yep. You know, you, you have to do it on purpose. You know, it doesn't happen by accident for most people. No, you can't fall uh, into I, it. I, so... So we do want to make sure that we're, we're doing what we can to recognize everybody. So um, I'm probably going to get some feedback after this episode airs. You can um, just delete this but, out. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, we do want to do that recognition. And uh, it's not that we don't care about that and that we've got a higher priority on anything else. It's like all certified red. red. Right, it's um, in the paper. But uh, so... Do appreciate the feedback, and uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we're figuring it out too. All right. Well, and I know you guys don't appreciate those guys. I, that's not what I'm trying to say, but I know you guys have limited space, so that's, we, we uh, do. But you know, that's 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 just an excuse. You well, know, you, so. you'll figure it out. I know. I know it's not going to go. See, you know, I can throw you under the bus too. So <laughs> I've been here. I've been putting you on the spot yeah, the whole time. Oh, okay. like I said, yeah, right. had the tables turned. That's all right. So yeah, but I mean, that's a good thing. I, I'm I'm excited by and that newsletter was every three months, right? And it was it was pretty thick, eight pages, ten pages, yeah. and then you went to a monthly. It was only two pages or four mm -hmm. pages, 
And now that's even growing too. So that's just a sign of news bombs growing. There's more work for you guys, but yeah, you know, and and with that, you know, we're our goal, and that's part of why we we've, we've started this podcast um, is to stay in as relevant communication as we can with all of our people. Um, with only doing you know a newsletter every quarter, you could only have so much you know relevant content to put in there because so much of it is, you know, as I say, old news. Right. You know, we've already pushed that. You know, everybody knows, okay, yeah, that happened two months ago. You know, um, going to monthly makes it a little bit more frequent. Um, but now we're we're trying to put as much in there as we can. And yes, it's grown. We're spotlighting more uh, people and, and, you know, trying to share more of our culture versus just saying, hey, Newsbomb did this great thing or whatever. You know, that... Right. Yeah. I don't like, you know, I don't want to try puffing ourselves up or anything uh, like that. I'd like to let our actions speak, uh, speak for us. But um, it's interesting, though, because you've got people that aren't in the Newsbomb family that read that. You know, I, I was just on Facebook and saw, we had, what, 63,000 followers? We're a 400 mm-hmm. fleet company. Mm-hmm. You know, what, wow. Yeah. That's a pretty good achievement. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I. I discredit my job here uh, oh, <laughs> it's all because of you man no 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 I'm sorry some, some of that's just some marketing right you know tactics uh, to get some of that but you know there is an engaged population out there um, and that's what we're targeting you know that's what we care about is you know it's, it's been nice to see conversation out there and so even with this podcast and you know the, the plan is we'll be doing this weekly so you know Expect to, to hear us coming at you every week and, and sharing stories like yours, Clark. And uh, Yeah, don't worry. It won't be just me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we might have Clark back in here. We'll see. We'll, Let's not do that. We'll, we'll wait for the ratings to come back in. Uh, but, you know, it's we want to stay as relevant as possible. Um, we've got a lot going on in this company. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to go into uh, anything else right now, sure. but um, there's, there's things happening, good things. And uh, so a lot, a lot to be excited about. It's a good time to be here, I think. And, uh, you know, hopefully everybody can come along and help us celebrate and right uh, keep right. pushing it forward. Yeah. So. Well, I do have one more thing to say, uh, and I try and make a habit of doing this when drivers come through here. Stop in the office and actually say, hey. You know what? Talk to the people here in billing and the planners. Don't just come in and complain to your driver manager, or say I talk. You know, pop into IT and say hey to them too. Yeah. Everybody, I try and make my rounds when I'm here, and I'm sure when they see my truck pulling in, they're like, "Oh, everyone, get ready!" But that's good. I want. Yeah, I want you know, say I can. I can say that I appreciate that too. Having drivers come by, say hi. You know, you don't have to stop by for long. Just a quick hi, and you know, how's it going? You know, we can say how's it going, and. You know, do a little catch up, but you know, in a couple minutes or or less, and um, it, yeah, it's it's really good because there is a disconnect that happens with between the drivers and, and the offices here, and um, we get to see pictures on our screens once in a while, but um, you know, having some actual face to face contact and seeing a friendly driver coming through, and yeah. yeah, that's that's it's nice to have that. So it keeps it from becoming an us versus them yeah. thing because it's not. We're in we this together. Right. We, we can't do this without each other, and right. you know, all of us in here in the office wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the drivers out there. And vice versa, we'd have a job but not here. You know, there's plenty of driving jobs we wouldn't be here. So yeah. you guys keep Newsbomb going. We keep Newsbomb. It's a it's a big conglomerate there running yeah. everything. So heck yeah. definite team effort. Yep. Stop in and say hey. 
Excellent. Yeah. Well, there you go. Come say hi. I'm Philip. You can say hi to me. If you see Clark out on the road, say hi to him. Say hi to me. I got the big black solar panel on my truck, although that's changing too pretty soon. So okay, they're supposed to be getting some more. So okay, stand down. Okay, so you won't be the only one with the mold. No, thank goodness. Not right here. (laughs) But Philip told me earlier that if you come in and say hey, he'll buy you dinner. So. I don't remember that conversation. Uh, yeah, you but, were kind of involved in something else, too, okay. but I heard it. Well, I've got a company <laughs> card, and um, it's got Brent Newsbaum's name on it. And uh, There you go. There you go. Brent, thank you for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you might start seeing some stuff come across your desk. <laughs> Clark, thanks for uh, joining me here and sitting down, taking time. Really appreciated having a conversation with you. Thanks for having me, and thanks for thinking I got something worth saying. It's yeah, absolutely do. All worthwhile. So. Yep, good. Thanks so much. You're welcome. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.